This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What more can I say? The big CY, AK in the building. M is in Virginia. I'm looking at the chalkboard in the back of her bedroom right now. It has got a lot of writing on it. That means it's, it's the been, memory board. It's the memory board. Is that what that's called? <laughs> so it's a chalkboard wall of all the people that have come through my room okay. um, when I was in high school. And that's so they cool. saw their old name on it. And I have not raised it. So there's people that have, you know, come and gone. Some of the uh, forgotten soldiers. Okay. So <laughs> the Detroit football, Detroit basketball Pistons, excuse me, have lost an incredible Wait, I want to see the Detroit Football Pistons, though. The Detroit Football <laughs> Pistons would be a fun team. The Detroit Football Lions, not terrible this season, by the way. Um, that's a, a, a fun that, That's watch, a fun actually. story, totally, by the way. Um, what's his name? Dan Campbell was on the 0-16 team and now coaches this team that landed their first uh, playoff game. They might play the Rams, which would be incredible. That's really That's, that's, what that's we're the writers for. doing that's what. That's what. Yeah, work. right. The script writers are yeah. on it if that happens. I'm act- what are the possibilities – Quickly, Emily, of this, since we're talking about football now, what are the very actual high. possibilities of this happening? So very high. So um, where it stands right now, the Seahawks are right behind the Rams. And so if the Seahawks stay there and the Rams stay at six, because um, the Rams will always beat the Seahawks because they have a tiebreaker over them unless the okay. Seahawks have a better record. So it is very likely that it is the Lions-Rams because Lions um, have clinched their playoff spot and uh, one and two are pretty much locked up. One is going to be the... Um, the 49ers and two will likely be whoever wins the NFC East. So that's all. It's one and two are locked up. Three is likely still to be aligned for the rest of the season. So it's very likely that we see Matthew Stafford go back to Ford Field and play the Lions. And it could be the final boss either for the Lions to get over the hump of their like bad history, or it could be like the absolute worst way for the Lions to get knocked out of the playoffs. That's the only thing I want to see happen. That's the only game I care about right now in the NFL playoffs. Yeah. Like that that is a storyline. And the Rams would probably win. Right. Like the Rams are The better. Rams are not <laughs> terrible. Right. The the Lions are kinda iffy. You know, they they they're they're on and off they're hot and cold at best, even though they've got a very good team. They have been really good at home though. Yeah. They've that's been true very too. good at home. It's a game we want. Anyway, so the Detroit basketball pistons have tied an NBA record for the longest losing streak in history of the leg. Twenty seven straight games. Twenty seven straight games I like okay Monty Williams is the head coach right they just gave him a ton of money and Monty Williams has had the highest paid coach in the NBA right now he has so far clocked six million dollars per win (laughs) that's incredible and Monty Williams God bless his soul has had a tough life in terms of what he's endured and what he he's dealt with real tragedy he's dealt with real tragedy in real life so again I I imagine that Losing basketball games doesn't have him down in the dumps the way it would have some other people. But this is getting to the point now. Oh, I imagine this has him down. Where we are in real, real weird territory. The psyche of this team right now. And by the way, props to Cade Cunningham. Sure. Who last night after their 27th straight loss talked with the media and said, like, look, this locker room cares. This team cares. He's doing everything he can. Yes. He's putting up numbers. But also as a young player, he's like – I need to be better as the leader of this team, and the leadership position that he has put in 
is incredibly difficult. If not, hopefully, when they eventually win a game and hopefully eventually win multiple games and eventually mm-hmm. things work out for these Pistons, he comes out of it having greatly benefited from this adversity because this is a lot to put on a kid of his profile and the expectations that were like nobody thought he the was Pistons, the top pick. Nobody thought the Pistons would be like coming out of the East this year, but I know they had at least hoped that they could be in the play-in conversation. Uh, play-in conversation was always a bit of a stretch, but again, 27 losses in a row. The last time they won a game, James Harden was still a sixer. Wow. So who? The, so my question always is, whenever an NBA team is struggling, by the way, on the Pistons' website, they put which uniforms they're going to wear on the schedule, which is pretty cool. Hmm. That's pretty smart for um, fans. Which is always, when do you play the Wizards? When, when do the Zardos up? come to town <laughs> okay. is always an important question. I happen when to talk. One of the Zards there. Yes. Okay. This, this topic happened to come up on last night's taping, today's episode of Locked on NBA, uh, which is part of the Locked on Network. I co-hosted their NBA show. And we were breaking down the Pistons' immediate schedule and what are the odds that they will still be on this streak by the time January 10th rolls around where they play the Spurs. Okay. Here are their games in the near future. And the Spurs don't have many more wins than they do. No, no, they do not. The Spurs are very, very bad as well. Right. Although one, the Spurs are 1-9 and nine in their last 10. Their one win happens to be against the Lakers. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they are going to be on the road against Gus Boston. Johnson. Yeah. That's a loss. That's an L. They will be hosting Toronto. That's an opportunity. Toronto is bad on the road. They're not very good. Yeah, they're a bad road team. They the Pistons then go to Houston. Houston's really good L. at home. They go to Utah. Utah's not a great team, but they're good at home. They were good last year too. They go to Golden State. They go L. to Denver. Big they, L. They then L. host the Kings. L. Then they host the Spurs. Hmm. That's an opportunity. But from there, they host the Rockets. The Rockets are awful on the road, and then Clinton Yates, they visit your Washington Wizards. So this could be a three-game streak. <laughs> well, this is an... They're also on ESPN against the Houston on January 12th, so... Wow. Thanks, ESPN. <laughs> this, so we, we want the winning streak to go into the ESPN game. If they the don't... The losing streak. If they me. don't manage to make the win happen, at the very least, Spurs hosting the Rockets, going to the Wizards... Quite frankly, I don't know when they're going to win again. Wow! Like oh if they goodness. can't, if it, it doesn't happen, happen in that three-game stretch, it's not happening. Like at all. if it does not happen in that stretch, I am very concerned that they could lose out the whole year. By the way, too fun quirk: final game of the Pistons season uh-huh. against the Spurs. Oh, how two about teams that? in full-on tankable right. mode. <laughs> right, tankathon.com. Um, um, but I have a question for you guys. Yeah. So. Is it harder, do you think, to win 27 games in a row or to lose 27 games in a row? Because obviously, it's very hard to lose 27 games in a row because no one else has really done it since the the 2015 Sixers. Uh, And that was even 28 in a row over two seasons. So is it harder to win or to lose 27 straight? To Hmm. me, it's lose. It is, or it's easier to lose 27 games in a row. The reason being, to win 27 games in a row you got to be at your best regularly, and it's hard to be at your best. It's real easy to be at your worst. Right, but it depends on what sport you're playing, and it depends on how it goes. So football, 
Losing 27 in a row. That's multiple years. That's almost. many years. Right, which means you don't yeah. care. That happens. That You see high school football teams that don't win a game in conference for God knows how many years. This is a real thing that happens. I could see mm-hmm. that. But, but in ba- professional sports, it's hard because everyone's getting paid. Yeah, and in you baseball, know? you're playing every day, so the likelihood that you just get a lucky win is probably higher. I feel like basketball is the sport that's it is perhaps easiest to lose a bunch of games. You're only really playing every other day or sort of every three days, and nobody wants to be the team that loses to the team. Oh, they're the Pistons are no longer a trap game. No, they yeah, are you're, not you a can't trap lose game at to all. the Pistons, bro. Nope, you cannot lose to the Pistons. I mean, I feel like if you there's a reasonable amount of coaches out there where it's like if you lose to the Pistons, you might get fired. Okay, <laughs> you know how we talk all the time about how, and I think this is 100% true. I've heard other players talk about it. Teams get geared up to play the Lakers. Yeah. They get excited to play the Lakers. Doesn't even mean, it doesn't even matter if the Lakers sure. aren't good. Like, this is a real thing. You're going to be geared up in a weird, bizarre way <laughs> to play the Pistons because you do not want to be the team that finally breaks that streak. I can't imagine what it's like to be going to Pistons games these days. This is a shirt-off, bag-over-the-head situation every single game. But also, if you're a Detroit fan and you like all the teams in Detroit, you are flying high because the Lions won their first uh, NFC North title in 30 years. Okay. So I think that maybe it's one of those things where, like, I know in L.A. we're kind of blessed by having great teams a lot of the time, that championships come around every other year almost. But for the Pistons and for Detroit, they have nothing to cheer for. They've had nothing to cheer for in 30 years almost. Yeah. I'm sure more well, than some other they places. Won, but. They won the NBA championship in 2004. Yeah, 20 okay, years yeah. ago, literally. Right, 20 years ago. I'm trying to think when's the last time. Tigers the, haven't been relevant in a long time. What the, yeah. The, what about the Red Wings? The Red Wings must have won See, something The Red Wings recently. are selling fanatics jerseys of Stevie Y, who's the president of the team in the team shop that have like their misspelled names on the front. You know what I'm saying? Because the wow. NHL is in a bad apparel deal now. and They haven't made the playoffs since 2015-16, yeah. right. Red Wings. Red Wings are not relevant in it's today's. It's been that bad? Bro, yeah. Dearth. Hmm. Dearth in Detroit. Write a book about it. You tell know what everyone, which album? When tell we, everyone you don't follow hockey without telling everyone. I mean, you don't yeah, follow no, the Red Wings are completely, <laughs> completely off. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Shirt off, bags over the head at all games at this point that are not Lions games. You know, the Lions are really carrying a lot of people on their backs in Detroit, bro. Oh my God, you're and right. They, they have been in the playoffs. A, <laughs> the Lions might have a catastrophic loss. Like oh. I feel like the Lions fans are just waiting for it to happen too. I feel like they're so you know they're so scarred because I have like a couple Lions fans in my life, and they're just waiting <laughs> so for the I. shoe to drop. Yeah, so they're I. just waiting for it to drop because. You know, it's they're waiting for the Jared Goff to show up. I mean, Jared Goff is a above average quarterback, but he, you know, the Rams let go of him for a reason. Man, well, at least Detroit is a city where everything else comes easy. Okay, see, you know what? <laughs> that's that's what we don't need. We don't need RoboCop coming back to try to adjudicate what's going on in Detroit sports. I feel bad for the Pistons, though. Proud franchise owner Monty Williams from the D.C. area, known that guy for a while, like that dude. 27 straight is embarrassing. I will say, though, at least the owner got out in front of the media yeah. and addressed this. Yeah. And whether you liked what he said, believed what he said, whatever, at least he went through, at minimum, the motions of holding himself accountable. True. Because you don't often see owners do that. And people are yelling, sell the team, as if that makes any sense. By the by, the second it's the second longest losing streak in the Big Four history. They only trailed the 76ers, who you might recall during the trust the process. Mm-hmm. Those 27, 28 straight games 
excuse me, 28 consecutive games, but it spanned over two seasons. So that doesn't really count the same way. That made it hard to trust the process. Right. (laughs) Right. Wearing it all in one go, completely different matter. Anyway, Detroit, I guess we're rooting for you. I am rooting for the Unless you're playing the Rams, pretty much. Because they're probably (laughs) going to lose. Coming up! College football corner, battle of the bowl mascots. This sounds like fun. I'm Clinton Yates. He's AK. It's Travis and Sliwa on ESPN 710. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, y'all, we got a game going on right now. The military bowl between in Annapolis, as Clinton likes to call it, <laughs> between Virginia Tech Hokies and the Tulane Green Wave, singular. It is now, just as I was saying that, 10 to 10 on ESPN. Oh. Um, they are tied up um, there, and it was just by a field goal. Um, but what I really want to talk about in this segment is the what we come to bowl games for is not just for these meaningless games between these, uh, these college bowl players, but we come to these bowl games for the ridiculous mascots. Okay. Or sponsors. Okay. So we have the pop tart bowl, which unveiled their trophy, which has on the trophy two slits for pop tarts to come out of. So amazing. But today's game between UNC and West Virginia, which will be on our airwaves later today, um, is the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which is always at in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Bank of America Stadium. And um, as I sent to you guys in the break, there is a video of a man just straight up squirting some mayo in his mouth uh, at a tailgate. So that's lovely. And um, as is tradition with the Mayo Bowl, the winning coach gets drenched in mayo out of the Gatorade bucket. So, you know, there could be worse things in life that you could be doing right now. You could be drenched in mayo. Um, my college football <laughs> Which, quarter, by the way, is a and- condiment. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a sauce. My college football quarter and all the coverage of the bowl season on 710 is powered by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home with a 15-minute drive through oil change. Visit SoCal Oil Change for locations and to score game-winning coupons. What do you guys think about the Mayo Bowl and so, the Pop-Tart Bowl? There, I, I'm a person who I enjoy a lot of different foods. I enjoy a lot of different cultures from a culinary standpoint. But I'm also just squeamish enough where if I see something or smell something that kind of grosses me out, I just might puke on the spot. And the Mayo Bowl will never be attended by the Big CY for exactly this reason. How much money? How much money? There's a price. The price would have to be minimum five digits. You know what I'm saying? And that is after taxes. Um, if I saw some guy chugging mayo like in front of my face. Squirting. Don't mind squirting. Again. 
Girl. <laughs> Girl. Morales is going to have a field day with this show. Yeah, cut uh, it up. I, I, w- I wouldn't be able to handle that. Like, I, I, I couldn't watch that. I don't want to watch some guy get doused in mayo either. Like, that truly, truly grosses me out, AK. There is such a thing as taking things too far. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this may just What have we be. created? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what have we done? But oh. the Pop Tart Bowl, on the other hand, yes, that uh, that trophy looks pretty sweet with so, the uh, with the little um, slots at the top. Okay, now here's my thing too: is that I wonder how many now the Pop Tart Bowl, by the way, has gone through many iterations. If you're not familiar, the Pop Tart Bowl used to be the Blockbuster Bowl, used to be the like CarCare.com Bowl, whatever. Yeah, the, the the Blockbuster Bowl was a great bowl. Loves Blockbuster. Blockbuster was just great. I miss Blockbuster. Sure. It was my favorite place. Everybody yes. misses Blockbuster as a third space. It was fantastic. So I almost completely forgot what I was saying because I got completely distracted by that. Oh, Pop-Tarts. I wish I could be doing social for the Pop-Tart Bowl. I would be asking the most ridiculous questions such as your favorite Pop-Tart flavors, which is always a good go-to, and the most important question, which comes down to the trophy, which is... Do you even toast your Pop Tarts? Because I know mm. a ton of people that never toast their Pop Tarts, have no idea how to toast their Pop Tarts, and wouldn't consider <laughs> toasting their Pop Tarts. Andy Kamenetsky, where do you f- uh, fall on this? Okay, first of all, the how do you do it feels pretty self explanatory. I mean, Go to a toaster. <laughs> well, listen, as somebody who cooks, I know <laughs> yes, you know your way around as the somebody kitchen who cooks. better than as everybody. This is some free advice, saying. kids. If you want to. <laughs> Toast your pop tarts. Just go to your nearest toaster. I'm just and saying. spread some sauce on it. Some some sauce. Yeah, some yeah. sauce. Which won't include ketchup or mayo. <laughs> okay, would go on. <laughs> I think they're way better toasted. Really? Yeah, I think they're. I think the taste becomes actually better. Okay. Toasted. I don't think they're terrible untoasted, but I think they actually taste better toasted. Jorge, do you eat pop tarts and do you toast them? I. When I'm at home, I toast them, but lightly toasted. I don't want them like burnt See, or this is what lightly I mean. Toasted. Some people go harder. So yeah. This is what I meant by how do you toast them. I meant like, would you like yours rare or well done, sir? I didn't mean how well, do you cook, stick I a cook, I recognize pastry. there are levels. <laughs> <laughs> you put it on the two on the toaster. Yeah. That's what I mean, I'm just saying. Well, here's the thing. You can always add more, but you can't take it away. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Unless you use the other Pop-Tart for that. Laura. So... Um, I don't like Pop Tarts. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, Pop Tarts. Yeah. Look, Pop Tarts are not, not God's thing. gift to pastry snacks. Not my thing. Not remotely, but they're very important. No, they're a sense memory thing. Yes, they're, they're they're a thing that reminds you of being a little kid. Correct, or being if in high gonna, school. Yeah. If you're gonna give me a choice, I would take a toaster strudel over a Pop Tart personally. Um, but I am not a toaster typically. I have okay. toasted in the past. See? It's not my go-to because when I'm go- reaching for a Pop-Tart, it's not because I'm trying to make fine cuisine. It's right. because I'm trying to run out the door and it just happens to be there. I like so- Emily the way she's I have toasted in the past. Like like it's a habit that she broke. You know, but, but thanks to this recovery program that I'm in, right. I'm, I li- no I'm living toast. a more productive life. <laughs> I, I tend to agree. And although it is not fine dining, back when, you know, Back when I was in my snack-making extraordinaire phase, back when me and my friends would, again, take the elevator to the top floor after school in high school, you'd be experimenting with things. The toasted Pop-Tart is a delicacy. Like, you know, running out of the door to homeroom, grabbing the silver whatever, that that's that's a different discussion. That's I just got to get it down. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to toast a Pop-Tart, I'm toasting a Pop-Tart, and yes. it's going to be a big mm. deal. I might even go so far as to break out the knife and fork in that situation <laughs> because they tend to get kind of hot. Li- the linen we also in the used middle. to never, in my family, we used to always never be able to have both 
pop tarts in like the in the container because okay. I had sisters and we had to like ration it out. Yeah. So yeah. if I was gonna have a pop tart, I had to split it with my sisters. I couldn't be selfish and take both pop tarts. So it was always kind of like a a rationing kind of thing as well. Anyway, my point is there's a lot of content to be had around the pop tart bowl, and I'm very curious to see Wait. if these college students even eat pop tarts anymore. What's our favorite pop tart flavors, everybody? Mine Strawberry. is frosted cherry. It's been a it's been a long time since yeah, I've so had you're one. Not, you're not true to this. I, re, I remember you're not true to the game. I remember I liking like blueberry well. a lot. <laughs> you know, I blueberry. remember liking blueberry a lot. Frosted cherry was where it was at. This was <laughs> I'm a, brown sugar cinnamon, so brown sugar cinnamon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, that to me is something that tastes like something else. Like that's when you're getting into the s'more type of like oh the s'more the was s'more so family. Good. That was yeah. my second favorite. The yeah. s'more family was good. I needed. I need. I liked cherry. Frosted Pop Tarts. Now there were the non-frosted ones, which were also an interesting experience. But again, I'm very curious to know what the Pop Tart eating habits are of college football players in 2023. Because I can't. We do know their mayo habits. We do know their mayo habits because I can't imagine there's very many. Now, anyway, speaking of football and speaking of ridiculous things that have gone on over the weekend, you see what I'm doing right now? You see what I'm doing? I got the hands up. Hey, oh, hey, I'm walking here. Tommy DeVito has had one of the largest falls from grace, although he did pull a very classy move in the interim that I've seen in a long time of any sort of, let's just call him a uh, buzz in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like, Pastronaut, very short-lived earlier this year. Josh Dobbs. They're all short-lived. They're all all short-lived. Emily, please tell us your theory about backup quarterbacks in the NFL. My theory about backup quarterbacks in the NFL is you have three weeks to count on them. You have one week of excitement. And that depends on if they start or if they don't start. If they come into the game at all, that's week one. You add an extra week or no? So Okay, so coming into the game counts as the first week? Yep, exactly. You have have week one. You have week two, it builds. Week three is where people can either – that's either their last week that they're productive or that's their fall from grace. If you get to week four, you're definitely off of the fall from grace. So you have three total weeks of excitement that you can that you can cash out on. Three week, week three is usually where it dies down. Four is where it's definitely off the boat. So just when you get excited about a backup quarterback again, just remember that. That's that's a good theory. That actually that tracks very well. And what I'm those are the reasons I say actually, not that you otherwise wouldn't be smart about football. We know this, but it actually has examples from this season that make a ton well, of it may, sense. It may take about three weeks for all the scouting to catch up to yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Or for, you know, you'd have to adjust to the adjustments as mm-hmm. a backup who's less experienced. Tommy DeVito You're a backup for a reason. Tommy DeVito, I feel is had an unfor like of all the people in this, I feel like he's had the worst sort of stroke of luck because he ultimately represented something that made a lot of other people sort of famous. Like we all know who Tommy DeVito's family is. Mm-hmm. We all know who's the pizzeria in God knows where Morristown, New Jersey. We know who his agent is. Half the people don't even know where Tommy DeVito even went to college, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, what does he get out of this? Like, I'm trying to think of football agents. That I even know. Period. It's like what's his name? Drew. What's his name? Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus. Yeah, it's like Drew Rosenhaus and Tommy DeVito's agent. That's are the it. only ones that I know. That's it. That's the list. And he apparently stormed out of a meeting after being asked to like do a video saying his favorite Sopranos moments, where he was like, "That's it. I'm done. We're finished I'm with you." I'm picturing like in, like the Godfather, like. The, do you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I'm Mo Green. I'm Tommy DeVito. I was making bones. Well, like, Whatever the like line a week is. ago. Yes, exactly. I was making bones. 
before Thanksgiving. But the fact that he had to fire his agent, who then tried to, because he tried to double up the appearance fee at a pizza parlor in New Jersey, that's embarrassing. That's that's a tough way to go. So I feel bad for this DeVito kid. About a bing, he out. Hey, what are you doing? And all these kids who were going to be walking around with DeVito jerseys for the rest of the school year for Tommy no Cutlet reason. Tommy Cutlet shirts. Tommy Cutlet shirts. When the guy got benched for Tyrod Taylor, your boy, Emily, mm. on Christmas. Can you imagine? <laughs> Honey. Yeah. I got the cutlets. You turn on the game, your whole family's sitting around in blue jerseys, and bam, eat the bench. How about that? He shares the name of Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas. Sure. That character was also named Tommy DeVito. You remember what happened to Tommy DeVito? Didn't end well. An apartment full of nothing is how that ended. (laughs) Oh, no. In case you haven't haven't seen that. Anyways. Just when he thought he was getting made. Just when he thought he was getting made. Yes, exactly. Terrible. Exactly. Hot and cold. That's what's coming up next. We'll make that. It's Travis and Sliwa. I'm Clinton Yates. AK on ESPN 710. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Why the Nickelodeon game was hot was because I loved it. It was my favorite thing. I had so much fun watching the broadcast. I made my entire family watch the Nickelodeon broadcast because there was kids at our Christmas Day celebration. And I loved the little claw picking up Andy Reid. I know this is not the first time they've done it. They've done it in the past couple of years. But I think this is like the next evolution. And they added some more elements. They had more, you know, anim- um animated things available to them and i had an absolutely wonderful time watching the nickelodeon game did you guys watch the nickelodeon game yeah actually i did watch part of that broadcast we were just flipping channels to watch that Mm -hmm. game and we happened to land on the nickelodeon one we stayed i agree it's a lot of fun and in terms of what they're trying to make happen and it working my daughter is not even slightly interested in football she finds it Mm -hmm. really boring yeah one time, though, we put on that broadcast, she was in. She thought it was so much fun. They also do a great job on it explaining football sure. to kids mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't sound boring to adults. It's really And they have fun. kid reporters because, mm-hmm. like, I I know if I was watching this when I was a kid, right. I would have wanted to be that kid reporter so bad. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a cool idea. I will say this, though. I feel like they kind of got – 
how do I say explain this? Whole shot by the Toy Story game. Like as somebody that's mm-hmm. into alternative broadcast, I found the Toy Story game far more appealing because you're in an yeah. entirely different universe than superimposed on the script. That's just me. I'm not saying I have a problem with the Nickelodeon co- uh, broadcast. I actually think it's a really smart idea, and I think it is very progressive towards what we're trying to do. But the Toy Story game, to me, was ten times more entertaining. To I didn't point- see that one, actually. Okay, so that, like, with the Nickelodeon game, you're looking at a football game that has things superimposed on top of it right. with mm-hmm. images yeah. that are happening besides real-time footage. Mm-hmm. The Toy Story game was a game that completely existed in Andy's room. So all of the dudes were cartoons. Okay. But you saw a real football game via the cartoons. That, to me, took it to a level where I was like, that's awesome. I would watch a lot of sports like this, to be quite honest, in a lot of scenarios. But to me, that has jumped the Nickelodeon game personally, although I'm glad you did watch it because... Does is um is Nate still on that? Is Nate Burleson still on that broadcast? Yeah, Nate Burleson's still on that broadcast. I believe that it's um uh, Adam Sheffer's daughter is the reporter. I think too the kid reporter. Which How about is cute. that? Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I like Nate Burleson a lot. I think he's a really talented guy, and he brings a lot to that. He is broadcast. good. And I, I think like. Noah Eagle is the his yes. co-host, and I think they're also going to the Super Bowl. They're, they're going to do a skin for the Super Bowl. I think I. I mean, maybe it's just because I would like to see also what's happening on the field, and I think that the Pixar game will get better and better over time. Sure. The first time through, there was obviously. Some Kings it was a little glitchy, out. yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I think they're both great options, and I think they're both great things to get kids involved in watching football if they want to. All right, so what, now it's time for Who's Cold? Okay. And now time for What's Cold. UD doesn't like Bill Russell's jersey. All right. So <laughs> this is awesome. ridiculous. Udonis is Haslam, awesome. um, he's the host of the OG's podcast, right, Andy? Yeah, it's him and Mike Miller. Yes, him and Mike Miller were having Bam out of value on their podcast, kind of talking about things throughout the season. And um, they had this to say about a time in the playoffs um, where Udonis Haslam wanted to say some stuff about um, Bill Russell. We play in Boston, so you know his his feel on that. Yeah. So, dog, we in the huddle, yeah. and you know, Cap come in there, he give his pregame speech. And you know they retire like Bill Russell's jersey for everybody in the league. So they got six in our Raptors. Hey, he in his pregame speech like, tell me when you gonna see a Miami Heat jersey hanging in Boston. Bill Russell too. I said, (laughs) bro, this man dead. OG. I had to repent that. I love Bill. No Bill disrespect Russell. to Bill. I love Bill. Yeah. He just caught that straight. Man, no that I love Bill. And man, when caught a straight. He's six feet by. under, man. <laughs> Will you ever see a Miami Heat jersey never, hanging in Boston never, Raptors? Never. Man, respect yeah, I would. Bill Russell. I love it. Why the fuck he got to hang in here? <laughs> the I, that come out the people mouth to us when we playing there? Man, listen. I, I might not lie. take back what I said. <laughs> now that I think about it, the way they the shit they say to us, Bill had there, to go through it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I uh, I saw a very funny tweet that said, when they retire Udonis Haslam's number, they should retire the chair that he sat on for 15 years as well on the bench. And I was like, yo, that's foul. That is so fun. First of all, like, goes without saying, but re- deep, deep respect to Bill Russell on and off the court. He, like, truly mattered. That is also hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny. I think Udonis Haslam is such an interesting character. In I the, love Udonis uh, in Haslam. In the arc of the NBA. Like, the fact that he I've took, been fascinated with him, like, his whole career. That dude, the fact that he hung around for that long. You talk about, again, franchises that value certain things. The Heat, they just never felt the need not to get rid of well, Udon. It was crazy. It also helps, like, in terms of instilling buy-in for what is asked of you. Yes, 
Udonis Haslam is a longtime member of the list. Yeah. <laughs> like, the list of folks, no, really, you don't want to mess with this guy. Like, Udonis Haslam is not somebody that you want to throw hands with. I believe he went to Miami Senior High. He played on those teams he with has Jeff played Blake. His, he has and, played his, uh, yeah, with Steve Blake. Steve Blake, excuse me, Jeff Blake, what am I talking about? <laughs> He's Steve Blake, played yes, his Maryland. entire basketball career in Florida. Either in Miami or University of Florida, right? Or That's re- really awesome. It's pretty impressive. Like pretty he impressive. is Mister Three Hundred Five for real. Well, I mean, Pitbull, not not yeah, exactly. I mean, well, he's Mister Worldwide, Mister Worldwide, Mister Three Hundred Five. I mean, these, these kind of overlap. It's difficult, but yes, these are all one and the same. So, anyways, that all we got. Yep. Who's hot? Who's cold? It's brought to you by NextGen. NextGen, the official AC, heat, and plumbing company of SoCal sports fans. Call 833-3-NEXTGEN or visit nextgenairandplumbing.com. Coming up, we got the dump. We got a long, extended clip dump, y'all. Hi, Chris. It's <laughs> Travis and Sliwa on ESPN 710. All right, it's the Big CY and AK. A nice, long edition of the dump coming up takes a while let's hit it you had to add the addition into that yes yeah. you did. nice long dump okay so who, who does this you emily you do these or do we do these i do these. uh yeah so it kind of bounces a bit so it's kind of like whatever interests you off this list that i provided no, on your screen you i forgot can talk that travis about. normally does this and he's normally here so let's start with you because you said something <laughs> in the break yes. ak that yeah. intrigued me yes um according to let me pull this up quickly according to a reporter kellis robinette who covers k-state for the Kansas City Star slash Wichita Kellis, Eagle. how do we spell this? Kellis, K-E-L-L-I-S, Robinette. Okay. Big news here. I'm told the flavor of the edible mascot at tomorrow's Pop-Tarts Bowl is expected to be, before I reveal, anyone want to guess? Have a, do we have a drum roll? Let's guess. Um, uh, Jorge's gone. I'm guessing my favorite flavor, Frosted Cherry. I'm guessing Blueberry because I think it's most aesthetically pleasing. Lada, what Pop-Tart flavor do you think that they were going to have on the trophy? Mm, I'm going to go with yours, Glenn. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Strawberry. You guys can't... Did you say cherry or... No, I said cherry. Strawberry as it is? It is frosted strawberry. Yeah, I figured. See, most people... It's a classic. Most people who think they know something about Pop-Tarts go with strawberry. They don't even know about the cherry. (laughs) It's like like yogurt. Everybody goes for strawberry banana. They don't know that the cherry is where it's at. Well, you know what, if though? you know, you know. If you and know, if you, you don't, know. exactly. I'm just get out of here. But that said, the strawberry banana yogurt's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty it's good. It's not bad. <laughs> I, I'm strictly. I also have never had cherry yogurt. Cherry really? yogurt's good. Oh. Cherry yogurt's good. Oh. I don't like cherries. What? What's not to like? Yeah. Cherries are one of those things where the flavor and the fruit both taste good. You know what is. And they don't always taste the same either. You, you know, know, what you know how like grape flavored stuff doesn't actually taste like grapes? It tastes like grape flavoring. That's the that cherry flavor is not like that. It's actually pretty consistent and it's delicious. Trader Joe's, they have a lot of different frozen fruits, which I love I love frozen fruit like as a snack, okay. as a meal. You've got some whatever. right now. You're enjoying some yeah. as we speak. They're frozen cherries that they sell, these pitted frozen cherries yeah. are Awesome. You know where they have those as a ballpark snack? Dallas, Texas. 
at the Texas Rangers at the Texas Rangers Park. I hit those damn cherries so hard during the World Series. You have no idea. That is in there early to make sure. That setup is great, by the way. Sorry to like interrupt, but I've been there, and that's that whole setup is amazing. That is enough to make me go down to catch a Rangers (laughs) game. I don't have the slightest interest in that (laughs) covering any of it. But yeah, but the idea. Oh, That's in the nice. press box. They got frozen cherries. It's fantastic. I love <laughs> if it. If you love um, cherries, a good place to go is to Michigan. Mm. Michigan has like cherry festivals. I believe it's like one of their major cities. Maybe it's like Mackinac uh, has it. But anyway, Michigan has great cherries. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. They could keep them. On top of that, uh, Shohei Otani gifted Joe Kelly's wife a Porsche. I heard you guys having a discussion about who can you re-gift this to reasonably Within the nuclear well, because he, family, he is a Porsche ambassador, so so he's the, getting them for free. Yeah, the odds are this was something that was worked out for him through Porsche. Sure, maybe he has a certain allotment of Porsches, and he used <laughs> he one of his out. allotment towards the Kelly family. But the odds that he scratched out a check for like a hundred grand feels low. Okay, now I understand that everything is above board, and that Joe Kelly and Shohei Ohtani are eventually going to be teammates. But I don't know how I'd feel if my wife was gifted a Porsche by a teammate. Well, they were gifted. Like it, it wasn't like written across the Porsche, Mrs. Kelly only. I was like, under the impression both. that she was given the Porsche. No, I believe only. it is a Kelly family Porsche. Okay, are we sure about this? I thought it was for her. I thought it was for her. Let me see. see. Emily, do you have any background knowledge on this? Because I don't in any more specificity besides everybody reporting on it was like, this is Mrs. Kelly's Porsche. Well, I think it was in the video. Well, I think it was assumed to be Mrs. Kelly's Porsche because she was so proactive in the recruitment. Okay. But I I believe Joe Kelly's allowed to drive the thing. (laughs) I mean,. I'm sure he is. But in the video, like, he tells her, this is yours from Shohei. Yeah. Sure, but... But, yeah, to give somebody else's wife a Porsche, even, again, if it's all above board, it's a little bit of a, look what I can do. That's a lot. Why would you guys take that as a negative, though? Uh, it's not that it's a negative. It's not a negative. I it's just... just a, there's a dirty Mac and element to that that really? I don't love. I don't know. I don't think so either. Nah. Mm-hmm. If somebody... Okay, okay. I, I, listen. I'm obviously sort of joking around here, but a Porsche is a major gift, even if you're giving them away for free, for somebody else's partner. That's all I'm saying. Mm. That's all I'm getting Okay, at. you guys are correct. It is being reported as yeah. specifically it's to Joe Kelly's wife. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, Laura, know. if someone gave your boo something very nice, something very expensive, and it was another woman at his workplace, how would you feel? Right. First of all, I wouldn't care because of the situation. Like, everything is situational, and I tell people. Because we knew, I mean, obviously we, right, think we know, that she was actively, she did a lot, right. like, the social context of it. It becomes suspicious if yes. the Kellys had done nothing to Yes, yes. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Right. You're right. If we knew that's, nothing of Joe yes. Kelly's wife and all of a sudden he was popping up giving her gifts, this would right. be different. Like, that's exactly. much, right. much but more But because sauce. we know, like, all the, the, you know, what she did as far as, like, the jerseys and, like, just the social media campaign that she had... You know, and then she or did, like if Ellen Kershaw know. had been recruiting sure. Otani, and then Otani delivered a Porsche to Mrs. Kelly. Yeah. Then yes, it then it's really like, whoa, bad. bro, what's going on there? But because okay. of what we know, so yeah, I wouldn't care 
if anybody gifted, you know, the boo something based on those optics. Now, if it's like a coworker that he's going out to lunch regularly and then there's like a fancy gift is like, all right, bro, that's a wrap, you know, but, but that what, doesn't seem to be an issue there. What if he gifted something that was like even more emotional, like a puppy or something? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Decoy two. Jack open two. Can you imagine every you time imagine that dog thinks of crack, two? Joe Kelly, you got to think about me. You know what I mean? That's or it's like a Tiffany bracelet or a Tiffany necklace bunch of lingerie. or something like that. You know? Oh, that's weird. Oh now God. that would be super weird. That's awkward. All right. So moving right along. Number 17 on it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine uh, an expensive gift card to a lingerie store. Yeah. Right. Don't want to get into a conversation about sauces and condiments in that regard. Okay. A six-year-old was put on the wrong spirit airline flight as an unaccompanied minor, a.k.a. where? how far under the prison would you put these people for doing that, these parents? Okay, the, the comic Roy Wood Jr. Yes, my homie Roy. He tweeted out his take on this, which is pretty great. Putting your kids solo on a spirit flight? No, they was trying to get rid of little man. <laughs> Investigate the parents. Right. Yep. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with this. Let me tell you guys something. I was on, I, by the time I was probably 12 years old, I'd probably flown on multiple transatlantic flights by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe 13 years old. And, like, I know what that's like. It is Spirit Airlines, different matter. But flying on a plane by yourself as an unaccompanied minor is terrifying. Putting a six-year-old on Spirit, it just might be crazy enough where you think, what the, what's the kid going to know? It's, they're six years old. It's Spirit. I mean, I it's might probably call, as, it's probably as crazy poli- as their kindergarten or whatever. I might call know. the police on one adult who put another unaccompanied adult yeah. <laughs> on a Spirit Airlines flight. <laughs> Never mind a child. Yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy. So I made I made a point yesterday because I, you know, I don't have kids, and I was like, whoa, I don't think I would do that to my child. Like, l- let them go by themselves at such a young age on an airplane. But some of the other hosts that do have kids, they're like, sometimes you just got to do that. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, you know, divorced parents are going to between the two parents. And, you know, you don't want to spend two prices of a ticket just to drop someone off at the airport. You know, it sometimes it just comes down to a financial need. This it's is, expensive, I heard. Which to do explains that. being on spirit. Which explains too. being on spirit at that mm-hmm. rate, too. But during the holidays, a six year old, oh. that's devastating. That's Who was getting fired? Because it was a flight attendant. Uh, you know how they yeah. appoint an attendant, right? Like a, a spirit airline. Yeah, people person. are responsible for yeah. them. She getting fired. And then, then they made the grandma drive four hours to pick up that kid. Yeah. And they're only reimbursing her for that. The wrong flight element like, here what? is the biggest disaster. It's not, in fact, the unaccompanied minor, which is terrible. Birthdays we got today. Timothy Chalamet, who's hey. 27 years old. I believe he's in the new Wonka. He is. Can yes, somebody... he is the titular Wonka. <laughs> Can somebody explain this to me? In the last three weeks, the color purple, Wonka, and Mean Girls have all been mm-hmm. advertised coming out. They're all musicals. Mm-hmm. None of mm-hmm. them advertise the fact that they're musicals. I do not Wonka understand. Has. Yeah. Wonka has. Has it? Not, no, mm-hmm. it actually hasn't. They no. have been actively trying to not market it as a musical because they did the studios did test screenings really? and like, you know, with the studio audiences. And apparently from these test screenings, people don't go to see movie musicals. They go to so they didn't oh. want to market it in a way that is okay. The whole thing, I hate it because I love movie musicals. But yeah. you're gonna they're gonna 
gonna be people that go there and be like, "Why is this a musical? I'm so mad. This is a musical." Oh, you if don't want to spring musicals. that on someone. That's what I'm exactly. saying. This strikes me as disingenuous and, in fact, insulting and to many people. And you're cornering off your like part of your audience that might want to see a freaking musical. People like musicals. People, people love, love musicals. Love musicals. Yes. So. I you're just taking out that genre of people that would be your true fans. I don't get this just, at all. Yeah. I don't get this at all because particularly with some of these other genres like color purple, like dude, I'd see that my family went to see that. They didn't even know it was a musical. And I asked them beforehand. I, I said afterwards, I was like, did you even know? They're like, no, we didn't. They actually said it was better because it was a musical. That's another story. But I do not understand the idea of taking away the one thing you have. Okay. Well, that's also the idea of blindsiding an audience <laughs> with a musical, like that's a big, yeah. like I realize not all marketing is 100% transparent, but that's a really big thing to slip in there. Right. One more, right. one more birthday. We've got two more birthdays. We've got Brock Purdy. How old do you think he is? 25. Emily, well, you know this. How old do you think Brock Purdy is? Me, 24. 25. Wrong. He's 23. That young man oh. is not old. Brock Purdy turns 23 today. And my favorite of all the birthdays. How old is John Harbaugh? That's an excellent question. <laughs> what, when was John, yeah, well, what was John Harbaugh doing when, yes. 23 years ago. 23 years and nine months ago is the question. Uh, my favorite of all of these is, of course, Haley Williams <laughs> from Paramore, who's 34. Haley Amazing. is a god walking this earth. For those of you who don't know, black folks love Paramore <laughs> for a host yes. of different reasons, partially due to their connectivity to sort of like, they're a little bit faith-based, but not in the way that makes them dorky, in the way that mm -hmm. like your parents let you listen to them. For those that were in Sunday school, I was not, but I know this. I just happen to like a lot of emo bands, so I'm a big fan of Haley. Haley also can hit the seawalk, because Haley grew oh, where did Haley grow up? <laughs> I forgot. Louisiana. 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 And Haley, when asked where she learned to do that dance... She said, oh, my neighbor, whoever, taught it to me. And I can't remember the guy's name, but he plays in the NBA now. He's just mm -hmm. an average bench guy in the NBA. So Haley Williams grew up and next to an NBA she, player. She walks the walk. So she yes. like will stand up to anything that she says. Yep. She like speaks up for herself. Her music uh, stands behind that. And, again, her vocals are insane. Like You can put her up against almost any other uh, female vocalist, and she – like can blow people out of the water and she also is a lot younger again like she's 34 she's a lot younger than people think yeah especially i did because she was on stage at such a young age performing at such a high level at such a young age and um yeah it's it, i love her she's great the person she grew up next to ak thank you Lauda, rodney hood oh wow yeah right isn't that funny we're like oh look at that you know what i mean so just he could score good old regular american fun these two grew up next to each other and influenced each other quite well all right, y'all. We got another show on Friday. I was thinking we could do a little something on Friday. And anybody on the you know various social media platforms, at Clinton Yates, at Cam Brothers, hit us up, at ESPN LA, uh, ESPN Los Angeles. We're thinking because the show on Friday is technically the last live show of the year. Is that correct, guys? Yeah, yeah it is. Em, that's correct? Because I believe we're in best of yes. for everybody else. We're mm -hmm. going to try to do, and this we're making it official here, even if we don't do the whole show like this, we're going to try to do the top 10 sports stories of Los Angeles of 2023. I think the best way that we can do this is to kind of farm this out work-wise. So, M, let's say you do two, I'll do two, AK, you do two. Lauda, are you up for two? Yeah. Jorge, can you find two? That's one, two. I mean, that's five that's, of us. That's, that's ten. That's ten. 
And again, it could be funny. It could be serious. Make it whatever you want. So a little bit of a homework assignment, if you will. And listeners, please do. Tell us what your favorite stories of the year are. And even if you want to make them station-related, you know what I'm saying? 35 errors at at shortstop for Clinton Yates during the All-Star game. That's a big story. You know what I'm saying? These types of things. These can be eligible if... You know, you and we will have to it. confer amongst ourselves to make sure we don't end up with like the same, the same two. Yeah, sure, yeah, and I don't sure. think that we will. Everybody stays within their sort of respective lanes of what they like. I think we can figure this one out pretty well. 2023, what an interesting year. Mm-hmm. A lot has gone on. I'm trying to think right off the top of what's going to be on my list, but I don't know. I imagine M's are probably going to be college college football and Taylor Swift related. A certain relationship. I imagine, yeah, I imagine you'll be in the NBA realm. I imagine Jorge will have a lot to say about the station, specifically. And the Niners. Loud, I will probably have music-related news, and I will probably have baseball-related news. That that makes the most sense of it all. Does it not? I like, I like it. Okay. For Emily, for AK, for Lauda, for Jorge, and for me, and for everybody else, we got Mason and Ireland, best of, coming up. AK and I are back Friday. It's ESPN 710, kiddos. It's 710 ESPN, KSPN Los Angeles, a good karma brand's radio station. I'm Chris Morales, and welcome to Mason and Ireland Best of 2023. For the next 60 minutes, we're going to relive some of the best moments of the biggest show on the radio, and now, the longest-running two-man talk radio show in Los Angeles. The Mason and Ireland Best of 2023, made possible by our friends at ZipRecruiter. Big voice guy? Powered by ZipRecruiter. Looking to grow your team in 2024? Right now, try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash LA. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thank you so much. Let us begin the Mason and Ireland best of 2023. Come and scout down. Games time. Out of curiosity, John, do you know who that is that's walking out of the studio right now? That's Gabby Free. There you go. Okay. I'm guessing you didn't know. No, I did know. Uh, I just wanted.